Hello and welcome to Sonic Talk. Uh, today we're shooting on, what is it, Wednesday the 22nd of July. It is in fact episode 412. And uh, we're trying something a bit different today because we've got, uh, I started off the day thinking I haven't got any confirmed guests and now I've got a, 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 a plenty and we're going to have a great fun show today because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you to our sponsors, Isotope, for joining us uh, so regularly and they're helping out it really does uh, we really do appreciate that uh, support and if you're watching uh, um not to the live stream and you want to skip forward or what well no i don't want you to skip forward you want to know when the competition's coming it'll come um after uh, roughly about halfway through isotope of course giving away trash 2 a copy of trash 2 to uh, one of the competition entries from last week and also we'll be running another competition this week uh, where we'll be getting another copy of isotope trash 2 so do stay tuned and also uh want to say thank you very much to uh, everybody else for being involved i was going somewhere with that sentence i've completely forgotten what it was oh yes youtube if you want Watching on YouTube, please do subscribe. Uh, we heartily recommend it. We've got so much stuff coming up. Uh, not only have we got all the stuff that's going to be coming from Studio Stecker, which is this massive festival in uh, Utrecht, uh, where Ed is at the moment. We will be joining him shortly. Uh, but we've also got the JDXA Part 2 review. We've got the uh, Boomstar Modular uh, 4075 the oscillation and also the SEM filter coming and there's also, uh, what else is there? Oh yeah, we've got an overview of Universal Audio's console too. So subscribe and you'll find out exactly when this comes online as soon as. So uh, I do recommend it. Anyway, let's go and uh, join our guests. Uh, we'll start over there with Mr. Richard Hilton in uh, sunny Connecticut. I hope it's very summery and all of those things. Chic keyboard player, where I know he played at, uh, uh, where was it, Colorado recently, to a whole bunch of people, and off on tour again. So we might not see him for a little while, so we'll have to enjoy him while we, while we can. Rich, how are you? I'm good, thank you very much. As well as all of that great stuff, you're in the studio a lot with Nile Rogers working on various projects, which must be incredibly busy at the moment, because he is Mr. Mr. Man of the Moment, isn't he, really? There's always stuff going on. Make Always me a hit. <laughs> Poof, you're a hit. Oh, thank you very much. Anyway, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll come back to you later because I know you've also been to, um, you went to see the, the U2 Innocence and Experience Tour, where, which, uh, as we know, they do a lot of uh, fantastic cutting-edge stuff. So we'll come back to you in a bit. And uh, we've got Mr. Dave Spears, who's in his very own synth cave there, which is uh, looking very highly populated. But I suspect we might be able to out-synth you very shortly if it all comes together. <laughs> Dave Spears, of course, G4 Software, makers of fine software instruments, uh, amongst many other things. How are you, Dave? You well? I'm all right, yeah. I'm, yes. I'm in sort of manic work mode, but I'm I'm trying to find ways of doing things. It's an exploratory mode, I call it. Ah, kind of research. Yeah, I know that feeling. Which I don't really, well, which I love sometimes, but sometimes I don't because you can spend like a whole day and you go, oh, actually, all I've learned today is that's not the way to do it. <laughs> I'm used to kind of progress. I like progress and I'm quite impatient. Uh, yeah, I know that feeling. It's the phase, isn't it? I'm currently trying to see if I can get Sonic to be uh, in WordPress format. And it's, you know, it's very, uh, it's like, yeah, that's not the way to do this or that or the other. But anyway, anyway, Dave, thank you very much for joining us, as I say. And then we've also got Mr. Gaz Williams. Well, half of him. There he is. Yeah. Mr. Gaz Williams up there in his base garage, where he's very kindly um, taken some time out of his session, not to eat lunch, but to join us. Gaz Williams, bass player, producer, mastering guy, songwriter, all of those things. How are you doing, Gaz? Oh, great, thank you. Um, having 
yeah, really manic, busy time, really. But been working on the Holy Mountain soundtrack that we're doing for the Green oh, yes. Man Festival. That's been taking up lots of time. But that's a really cool, uh, lots of synth action in that. So lots of theremin, uh, strike fet, system one, uh, and um, Banger, the keyboard player in the group as well, is playing uh, a Nord. But also she's playing a kitten. And oh. she's brilliant with the kitten. She knows it inside out. So she's very quick and... Uh, uh, she gets around it so well. It's uh, it's a real thrill to play with, but it's great fun. So anyway, wow, that that's YouTube gold. That is girl playing a synth <laughs> that's called a kid. Well, gonna, I mean, for Christ's sake! Yeah, we're going to film. <laughs> we're going to film the performance. I think it, at the Green Man Festival. So hopefully, lots of footage will be available for it. Awesome, right? Um, what I've, I've mixed up the topics a little bit because we've got also. Uh, Oh, where is he? There he is, number three. Mr. Ed Butterworth, who is currently Hello. actually in Holland at the Studio Stecker uh, Festival, where uh, we've been, he's covering the show. And basically, uh, well, how would you describe Studio Stecker? Uh, Bandcamp for synth nerds. Right, so, oh, there he is. Look, there's Alert with the Moog source behind him. I'm, I think we're going to get a parade of lovelies. There he goes. I think, I think we, we may well get a parade of lovely, uh, unique synthesizers. So you're in the sonar traffic room at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, Which is the I'm kind the of synth, the synth yeah. cave. So we're right, right up in the, in, the, in the top. Right, okay. Right. So you've been there a couple of days, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I should just quickly, because we all dial it, you're uh, running stuff into, we've got this, you're posting stuff to the live blog. There's lots of little video snippets of kind of various rarities and people performing on all kinds of uh, um, devices and times and what have you. And it sounds like it's a lot of fun. But the, um, the reason the reason you're here really is uh, because uh, we wanted to talk about the whole notion of the t of this collaborative event, because... There was somebody uh, put in the comments of the live blog, what, how come this isn't happening in England? And I just thought, well, I can't think of any other place where all of this stuff comes together. Because if you haven't seen uh, Ed's Kytopia tour, it's in that building there, which is a massive studio complex that has got a number of production rooms, a big live uh, kind of venue, plus a huge synth kind of cave up in the attic. Um, so yeah. all of those things are fairly rare. And, and also they're allowing them to actually use the, those synthesizers <laughs> yeah exactly um everyone's open to kind of just oh what's that i want to use that give me that i want to run that through that um so it's changing all the time nothing's kind of everything's open to being used in the yeah excellent that, and then, oh, what's this one? This is the synth on phoenix phoenix the 75th on phoenix the very last one ever made um was given to okay he did pay for it but he it, it, it's now owned by uh the guy who runs music house which is um a, a store in utrecht right and you posted a short video of you patching around on that that looked like yeah a, yeah i had a little i had a little patch on that last night it's pretty unique sounding pretty uniquely uh designed so you have all it's completely modular but so you just have to yeah, work out how to use it. That looks like a pretty <laughs> complex patch there. <laughs> I don't think that was one of mine. Maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, that's uh, this is Richard's. Richard Devine's. Ah, okay. Yeah, that figures. So uh, Richard <laughs> Devine is there as well. I'm just gonna um, come around again because I wanted to. Uh, this is a. It's a really interesting notion. This idea of creating this kind of large collaborative sort of setup. I know it must be right up a number of people's streets. I don't know, Rich. Have you ever experienced such a thing? I mean, I guess. 
up until now, synthesizers, and, and, and anyway, synthesizers of this value and this rarity are not generally altogether in one place. But uh, have you kind of experienced any of this kind of this sort of thing, this music camp? I know they do songwriting things, don't they, and and what have you. Is there anything similar for for more technically orientated people that you are aware of? Not not specific camp or educational concept, but. I do recall a place in the mid-70s called the Boston School of Electronic Music, which had a room not unlike the one Dave sits in on a regular basis, uh, loaded with stuff, including a 2500 and uh, various other things. And uh, whatever basically was available in 75 or 76, they had at the time, which was pretty cool and predates a lot of what we commonly discuss, like Moog sources, for example, and such, which came later. I can't imagine the technical challenges of putting something together like this. I mean, Ed, have you got a kind of... Um, you, how does it work? I mean, does everybody, all the, all the artists that show up... Because, I mean, all these artists kind of show up with an opportunity to collaborate with each other. And then... Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty freeform. Um, there's a couple of people who... Uh, there's, so there's Johannes Brecht, who has uh, kind of been using the live room for, uh, for the past three days. And he's got um, a big like drum set up on the stage, and then they've draped around it. And there's a guy, and they've been recording marimba and stuff. And that's going into uh, the SSL room, which we saw in the uh, Kytopia video that we did in February. Ah, uh, Monopoly. Is that Monopoly? The Monopoly. It's uh, my... uh, yeah, it is a Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. That is a Monopoly. Yeah. Got one of those. Show me something I um, haven't got. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty open. To, uh, well, you definitely haven't got one. Is that really. a Russian synth? It is a Russian synth. What is the name of it? It's a Russian vocoder. Ele- Electronica brand. Wow. I spotted that it was Russian somehow. I don't know how I managed that. Wow, that looks nice. Yeah. I'm curious, though. I mean, you know, it's lovely that, uh, I mean, very generous of these chaps to let all these synths go. I must. Are there people there fixing stuff? Because things generally don't stand up to that kind of abuse. Um on a day-to-day basis i don't think we've had any disasters yet i know they have uh, I, I imagine if there's stuff that is kind of dodgy or very precious i don't think they let you kind of uh just take it off into right. the room on your own. like the phoenix i think you have to kind of be supervised to use but that's also not theirs so right so it's a low but they're but but they're pretty open to uh, you just come up, come up to the top and ask uh, one of the techs, so Alert, Ben, or um, or uh, Ariane, and just ask them what you want and how you want to use it, and yeah, you're good you're to, go. to go. So there, at, the moment, at the moment, there's probably 20 people in this room. Uh, fighting over the synths. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's two pe- three people fighting over the System 700. Um, there's a couple of people with headphones on. Uh, can you uh, can you spin it round? Can we have a look? Can you show us that the, the long shot is that possible without breaking your entire system apart? Okay. So can you see? Uh, sort of. It is quite pixely, but yeah. Oh, I see what's going on there. So everybody's up there trying to kind of get their tools for the day. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and 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 there's no. Uh there's no time limit either. If you wanna, if you wanna stay here all night. Uh, Alec has to stay here with you. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who's going to be looking really tired. Yeah, yeah. I think we're. Ev- I think everyone's pretty tired because we also uh, the event's sponsored by a beer company, so there's free beer <laughs> all week. Wow. 
Yeah. Dave, this, this is a dream gig, isn't it? This looks like fun. The here and since. You've got to go next year. <laughs> got to go next year, surely. Yeah, very interesting. Although, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think if I owned a load of that stuff, I'd be wandering around with a cattle prod on a regular boat. Don't touch that. Yeah. Don't. Not with the beer in your hand. Yeah, there was uh, there was one uh, episode last night where something got unplugged <laughs> a lot, and uh, and the speaker cone was getting very very abused, and uh, someone had to step in and say no, stop, stop with that. But other than that, I think it's been pretty good so far. Hey, Ben's here now. That's Sonar Traffic. That's Ben Spander, right? Ben Spander, yeah. So, um, how many how many sort of concurrent collaborations are going on at any one time? So there's. So there's lots of different rooms as well. So this is the kind of, this is sonar traffic. Um, downstairs, there's a modular room. And uh, so Mark Verbos is in there with his system. And then there's uh, Patrick from uh, Schneider's bureau. And he's there kind of, he's just in the room. If anybody comes in, they want to do set up a patch, he'll kind of guide them through it, etc. cetera. Um, and then Colin. Colin Benders, Mr. Kiteman, he has uh, his modular set up in a room. And in that room as well, Richard Devine has got his uh, live set up, set up as well. How much, they, stu- how much stuff did he bring? Uh, it, it's, it's not too bad. I shot a piece with him earlier, about 45 minutes of, uh, of him talking about it. Wow. So, um, but he's just got, he's got like 12 U, so two, two four rows. Um, four rows. Of, quite uh, modest then for him. <laughs> yeah. And then a few, and then a few little effects boxes and stuff. But wow. yeah, I'm amazed that we're not getting drowned out by all of the synthy noise that's going on in yeah, the background. I could, I could, I could take out the my right. mic maybe, and then you. Let's might have a listen. Let's see what let's what's see. really going on. Okay, that's very Did quiet. Work? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe I need to do something. Just a sec. Let's let's try again. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Anyway, I'm, I'm glad that we've got that working out. I know, Gaz, this looks like the sort of thing that uh, one would enjoy spending a week on, although it doesn't look like there's many bass guitarists there. They probably need one. Maybe you turn it with a bass synth and that would work out. Great idea, uh, though, isn't it? Midi bass, midi bass. Um, yeah, wow, wow. Oh, I'm jealous. What a brilliant place to be. Hey, you know, Wow. It does make me think, though, why, you know, that, like, I know this, like, mansion house that you can hire for a weekend, sort of, it's quite expensive, but then you can, 50 people, there's beds for 50 people, it's big rooms, uh, I want to do it there, <laughs> get a load of people, it would be about 100 quid a head, three days, just bring your synths, wow. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. I guess the advantage of this system is it's all there and working, and so therefore, you know, it's going. But I don't know, Rich, yeah, yeah. This, I think there might this, there's something in this, because we've got this sort of expansion of uh, synth meets and DIY stuff going on all over the place. I mean, you think this is going to be, you know, as more and more people get into modular, do you think we're actually, it could be some kind of major social experiment where it actually brings people out and into the open with them? My, yeah. And my observation at trade shows has been that this actually began at the Ableton booth 
kind of. In other words, there grew to be this whole separate culture at, say, an AES show, or even at a NAMM show to some extent, of really like sort of geeky, interested, passionate guys who would show up at, at the time, it was the Ableton booth, but today it's kind of distributed across all of this Eurorack sort of synth modular world that we're working, we're talking about working in. And it's grown and grown. And this just this whole other culture of musicians that are like so deeply into this. And some of the people in the culture that I more generally cruise in don't know even that it exists. It's, it's really quite remarkable in the way that it's separated socially from the more traditional mm. old school. That's interesting. I was speaking to a chap the other day, actually, uh, uh, DivKid. Um, he does videos on YouTube, and he was saying that he's now getting work in the same way that I, I or my or yourself would have as a programmer for operating certain kind of you know drum machines and sequences and what have you, purely to be brought in as bring some modular stuff in and make some you know doing modular sessions. Do you think are you seeing that, any of that happening in your world yet? Well, you no. get a modular guy in specifically to, to be a synthesis for a session. No, but you're starting to see it in the uh, sample library releases where you have a lot of one-shot event type stuff that has been heavily processed and synthesized and that becomes part of the sample set development. And uh, you, I'm seeing more of that sort of thing, the odd, sort of the odd noises business. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think that's very true. And I think, obviously, as we know, it does take a certain amount of skill to actually make musical uh, 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 noises, stuff yeah. out of this. <laughs> I know, Dave, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, you were very much the same. You know, you, you, did, you have a similar career path to myself. It's a, you're more of a player. But in terms of programming and kind of getting sounds on synthesizers, I mean, do you think that there's going to be a, a new niche, a sort of subgenre of, uh, of, of, of technical programming skills where you show up with your synth stuff and... and and integrate it somehow into a session. It's possible. Uh, I don't see why not. Yeah, I think it is definitely possible. And I'll tell you the reason why is that most people I know, in at least when they start out with the Eurorack system or a modular system, most of what they find is by accident. So actually, if they've got something in their head, and this harks back to the old days, you know, where people like you and I were called in and it'd be like I've got this sound in my head it goes uh, mm, and you go oh, okay yeah and you program something and they go a bit more orange or a bit bluer and then eventually you'd arrive at it and I think that that could be the case here in that if they've got a specific sound in their head and they want it uh, they need to hire somebody also it's a really good education I mean one of the key things for me was when uh, Jerome one of the, um, he now works for Novation, but he was one of the own force guys. And he's a proper engineer and a great musician. And when he was showing me around the modular, I was just kind of, okay, yeah, watch that, watch that. Oh, okay, that's how you do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's multiple ways of doing things. Yeah, absolutely. So when you've got somebody who's completely on the case, especially in a situation where time is money, uh, I think, yeah, there's every chance of that. Yeah, I know. Ed, are you are you finding that um, there are uh, are people on hand? Because somebody might say, "I want to use that synth," and then get it there and go, "I've absolutely no idea how to make yeah. it make a sound." Yeah, well, there's um, in the modular room. There's uh, Patrick from uh, Schneidersborough, and uh, Mark Verbos is around as well. Um, and they, I've been, I, I sat and had uh, dinner with Mark Verbos, Richard Devine, and Patrick, and. Those guys, when they start talking about modular, 
And I, I think I think I know enough. But it's just like <laughs> way over the head. Are there any, is there any interesting as well? But is there just, any is there any performance aspect to what's going on there? I mean, is there or is it all in the kind of creating recorded pieces at the moment? How how is that is is that what people are working towards? So um, obviously on Friday there's um, there's an event here in Kytopia in the main hall, which will be uh, um, a modular event. So uh, um, Mr. Kiteman, uh, Colin Benders is going to do. Um, uh, a big modular piece. So he's got uh, like a massive modular that he's going to, uh, Eurorack modular that he's going to bring on. And his stuff is very musical because he... Um, he's from a pop sort of vein, isn't he? That's his Yeah, he, he, he runs the uh, Kite Man Orchestra. So he, he writes for an orchestra, for his like, specific orchestra. So he's he has a very different approach to it than, say, someone like Richard Devine, um, who's going to do his thing that night as well. And then you've also got Mark Verbos, who... Um, has been making techno on bootless synths and modulars and, and generally making techno for years. Yeah. And there's also uh, Walter from uh, Coma Electronic who's going to present and jam on the uh, the complex sequencer thing. Oh, that'll be fun because we haven't seen that in uh, in full effect yet. Yeah. And then there's... Go- so that's going to be streamed. That's going to be streamed uh, live. Do you know where, where can people see that? Do you know? Have we got a URL for that? Just uh, maybe you can send it. I'll put it in the show notes while while you while you figure that out, and then we can because uh, that'll be something we could restream. That looks really interesting. Yeah, yeah, we will we will endeavour to get you that. Brilliant. Well, Ed, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, I, 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 I am actually really jealous. This is the notion of being... Able, I'm, what I feel I do is showing up with the little uh, Erebus Dreadbox and just kind of doing some uh, ambient noodlings with that because it's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it might fit right in. <laughs> yeah, I think it would, yeah. Ed, um, it's been great having you aboard. I'm sure you've got a lot of stuff to get on with. Um, so thank yeah. you very much again. Ed Butterworth there uh, will be uh, posting more stuff to the live blog and uh, sending on videos home i want to say thank you very much to tip top audio for helping sponsor this event and you'll be able to see a message from them on the front of the videos that we upload with that so great thank you very much ed thank you take care wow set a competition ed set a, oh it's ah. gone he's gone uh, that's all right <laughs> i should just set a cut set a really obscure competition come up with a chorus <laughs> <laughs> that's mean I, but, I mean, the thing is, you know, this, the fact that they've got some of these real heavyweights of uh, American synthesis, a lot of East Coast represented that, sorry, West Coast represented there. That's really kind of, I just, I, I would really love to go there and enjoy that. That sounds like great mm. fun. Maybe, Rich, uh, next time you're uh, in Europe, you can kind of finagle a tour that ends up somewhere in the vicinity and you could spend a day there and uh, immerse yourself. It does look like great fun. It does. It really does. That would be great. Right, um, I'm going to now. Uh, that, that segment is over. We'll uh, we'll 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 now have uh, a little message from our sponsors, and we can also bring you the competition results and all of that stuff. So, thank.
that's probably supposed to do something. There we go. Thank you very much. Isotope Trash, of course. That's our sponsor. Uh, 60 plus distortion algorithms, perfect for transforming your sound into something never before heard. Design your own unique distortions from massive to mild on multiple bands. Uh, lay, let your tracks inhabit any space with the Convolve modules. This is the new in Trash 2. Over 100 impulse responses or load your own and put your bass in a washing machine if you want. Find a new voice, make your audio speak, growl, two, resigned, two redesigned filter modules, each one featuring new valve formant filters, screaming peaks, known modulations and more. Start trashing your audio immediately with an extensive new preset library and in-ear and ear-friendly limiter unless it ensures you can play without fear, which is always a nice place to be. I want to say thank you very much uh, to Isotope for sponsoring the course. If you want to check out Isotope Trash 2, go to isotope.com forward slash trash. As with all their stuff, there's a 10-day free demo uh, that you can download Load and check out for yourself. So, of course, uh, we do have a uh, competition now. So, uh, the competition last week we asked you to tweet out uh, audio mangle and trash as two hashtags, and we have a winner. The chap is called Peak Fiddler. Uh, which is a very synthy kind of uh, Twitter handle at Peak Fiddler, uh, and he said, uh, "Plenty." of my sound files need trashing. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It depends on how you want to look at it. So I want to say thanks very much to him for uh, his entry. And if you get in touch with us, uh, we will be able to uh, point the isotope ferry to uh, drop a little something down your chimney or the electronic equivalent. So Peak Fiddler, do get in touch. And if you want to enter this week's competition, uh, we've got another set of hashtags just for this week. Uh, so you want to win Isotope Trash 2, you can use the hashtag transform audio and the hashtag trash2, and you send that to at Sonic, or quote, at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. If you're familiar with Twitter, you'll know what I mean. If you're watching the video stream, basically you just need to tweet this bit, and uh, you've got plenty of characters to add some extra stuff in there. So please do. Once again, we thank Isotope for their continued sponsorship of the show. Rich, um, I wanted to come back to you because you were saying you, you saw uh, U2 recently. Where did you see them? I saw them at Madison Square Garden in New York. Ah, that's the one where they did multiple nights, isn't it? They're still I think they doing do, multiple They still nights. do fun. I think, been, I think it's yeah, sort of like a low-level residency. Un, unlike Billy Joel's, which is a multi-year residency. Uh, no, this is a shorter residency, I believe. So how was it? Because, I mean, as we know, you two are really famous for sort of pushing the boundaries of what they do live. Are they doing it in the round? I'm trying to get some video stuff, but I thought if I played They're, it, I'd probably get busted. I wouldn't say that they're doing it in the round. There is a stage at one end, as one would expect. There is a arena-length ramp that runs the length, pretty much, of the arena to a smaller stage at the other end, which, again, we've seen certain other people doing. But above that ramp, bisecting the entire arena is an enormous video screen. And inside that video screen is another environment that they can actually go up into and either be in or play in. So the music can be coming at any given moment from the stage, the other stage, the ramp in between the stages, or that huge video screen contraption that literally slices the entire arena in half. And given that they've sliced the arena in half, the sound system is somewhere on the order of, I don't know, 10 or 12 flown line arrays in an oval configuration around the arena. 
So there's not one large PA at one end of the room that's raking the floor all the way to the back of the uh, arena. It's not like that at all. The sound system comprises a whole bunch of separate line array systems pointed more or less towards sort of the middle of the arena, which gave a slightly more ambient uh, sound to the floor, which is where we were, than uh, one might be used to. But it also sounded great and suited their uh, stage staging idea very well because i don't think you really could put a pa at one end and expect to get a reasonable result given the way the room has been divided with these video screens and along the length of the show there were tremendous moments where they would be up in that video screen contraption playing and there would be videos in front of them and you would be able to see through the videos to see where they were playing and it was really uh pretty spectacularly staged and very unique i've never seen anything like it Wow, I can't imagine doing something like that if you were doing it on a night-by-night night or maybe leapfrogging, doing you know every other night. It would be so easy to do. I guess having a residency allows you to get really creative with that sort of stuff. No, I think they're moving, they're moving the show. I'm not even sure they're doing consecutive nights in this residency. They may be doing shows other cities in between. So that uh, sort of like horrific nightmare you were just envisioning probably takes place on a semi-daily basis. <laughs> and... And the crew, their involvement in the choreography of the show has to be unbelievably tight because they have to show up at a particular place in the arena with a particular guitar at a particular time. And it seemed like any time any of those guys looked down from wherever they were on the ramp, there was somebody holding a drink up for them, wow. you know, from their, from their staff. So it, it's an amazingly sort of choreographed technical event that this thing turns out to be. And and meanwhile, you're not aware of any of that because they're just like blowing you away with song after song after song, and they sound fantastic. They sound exactly like they sound, you know. And uh, they were, it was really it was a very special night. I've not seen anything like that. Do you know what they use in front of house? Are they doing the uh, avid thing, or are they digico or something like that? Do you know? I have not only don't I know what they're using. I have no idea where that guy was. Why? Because there's really no place on the floor for him. <laughs> I mean, he may have been on the floor on the other side of that... Uh, Mixing on an uh, iPad. ...ramp. <laughs> Who knows? But, but uh, I, I don't know what they're using for the gear. I just know the way the gear was laid out in the room was so unbelievably interesting and unique. Awesome. Gaz, have you ever seen uh, U2? Oh, that, that level of... I mean, the, when you see something that is that spectacularly staged, I mean, whether or not you like the music, I mean, no, in the chat room people are saying, I'll never forgive them for the iTunes thing. That's all by the by. But, you know, that when you see that level of kind of spectacle, it's, it's impressive. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, and there's not a lot of bands who can afford to do it these days, is there either? So, I mean, uh, you know, most bands' touring budgets... Uh, tiny so there's not many bands who are putting on these big shows so i think it's brilliant the bands are still doing it oh <laughs> i'd love to i'd love to have the budget to do a massive show i've got some pretty good ideas oh good <laughs> uh, crazy ideas um but wow i mean you know you two they've managed just to keep on going through thick and thin and just you know for them to still be doing it in is you know and what you think about the band they're such an impressive outfit and the way that they function the same lineup that they've been all this time and just it's a it's a they're a phenomenally interesting case study i think whether you like the music or not but um yeah mm. yeah yeah anyway <laughs> uh, dave you've um 
I know you've been involved in sort of helping bands that are putting together tours, sort of taking stuff up. I mean, I've done it from a production sort of point of view, not not a kind of setting up the gear. I mean, it's a massively complicated um, set of parameters you've got to work with, isn't it? Very specific as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that familiar with their setup. I do know that... I don't know whether Terry Lawless is still doing it, but I, knew, I do know that he was playing from under the stage on the last tour. I know that Rich may know that better. Weirdly enough, I sat next to Bono on a plane. And get this. I must have told you this before. I was flying to Dublin to work for Elvis Costello. And just as the door shut on the plane, in comes Bono, climbs over me, gets in the window seat. And then his phone goes off. And I'm like, we're just about to take off. It's usually a drummer. Put it away. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that was kind of a bit surreal, really. I was like, so don't tell me. Edge is flying it. Enya's going to be the trolley dolly. <laughs> It's a bit weird. <laughs> Who else you could have? Uh, Christa Berg. He's Irish as well, isn't he? He could be uh, doing something or other. Bursa, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it's... Yes. Any, I, I'm glad it was uh, a, a great idea. What's the capacity at uh, Madison Square Garden? It's like 50,000 or something? Do you know? No, no, no. Like on the order of 20. Oh, right. Okay. So it's quite, quite, but- quite cosy for a U2 kind of gig. I suppose, and I don't see how you'd be able to do this outside of the arena concept. The whole sort of layout is dependent on the sort of oval nature of the arena to make it work, I think. And one last thing is on the uh, celebrity spotting front. Uh, We did, in fact, get backstage. They were very kind to us. And uh, my kids got to not only meet Bono, but Chris Martin and uh, Joe Walsh was there. And Spike Lee was there. And uh, it was quite the crowd of glitterati the new york nice. hobnob fantastic kind of. well and and they're not all you new yorkers either. no I, I, mean, suppose I, have, not. I suspect these shows are going to be really really well attended i'd imagine so god imagine what the guest list is like wow right. so the next big news uh, moving on to news uh, this is uh well i think i've got the video to play this was a presentation at the Summer Nam A3E Day. Everybody. This is this is Pete Brown, who um, some of you may know. He's a regular commenter on Sonic uh, and regularly. Thank you so much for coming out here, and a big welcome to everybody in the room, and also to all the great people who are watching this live online. So we are streaming this online. So make sure you're applying. So are we, Pete? We're restreaming the restreaming. I won't play it all, but basically this was a kind of presentation designed to go to the A3E Exchange is a kind of subset of uh, music technology programmers, people who are kind of writing the code that makes the apps, you know, the, that, that side of things. And there's some quite big news in terms of what Windows 10 is trying to do. Uh, I did have, I've got a... Um I've got a web page because I wrote a story about it. Uh, and the, what the interesting stuff is, is obviously we've now got new... Well, the first notion is Windows 10 will be essentially the same code base across all platforms. So we're talking phones, tablets, laptops, desktops, touchscreen devices, the whole thing. And the various different capabilities will presumably be accommodated in there. But they've also increased, it, uh, 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 created a MIDI API, which is again parity across all, and an audio API, and really working on trying to drive the latency down on these kind of lesser uh, CPU-powered devices. So on, typically on phones, you know, you could get reason up to now it's been like 100 milliseconds. They can get things right down into the tens of milliseconds. And this is kind of this is a, 
a statement of intent, I think, from Microsoft to kind of go, right, we're now going to take it kind of seriously, and this could be a really big deal. Uh, obviously, you know, it makes sense perhaps to talk to Dave here first, because presumably, you know, you, have you had any kind of uh, approach, uh, well, not approach, involvement in Microsoft? Presumably, these changes are going to affect what you do, I guess. Is there any good news in there? I mean, generally? Uh, the good news with Microsoft is always that they make their stuff backwards compatible, so that's good for us and good for users. It was great to see Mr. Brown, because mm. we've had a dialogue, and uh, I wasn't, I, we haven't contributed to any of this because we were kind of up to our eyes in the time where the NDA came through. The NDA is obviously, it's not far off the size of a telephone directory, so we would have had to have got that checked out. So from our perspective, we're not involved. Uh, but this is quite interesting on a number of levels, and I'm really disappointed that John Hodgson, our main engineer, has taken away. He's on holiday, so a I'm disappointed that he has actually taken a holiday, uh, but <laughs> that he's not here because I'd love to have picked his brains on a lot of this. But this parity, this uh, parity thing, is very, very intriguing. Also, quite scary because. We've thought for a long time, you know, it's going to happen with Apple, but when Apple do it, it's going to be really, really painful. Well, it, it may well be uh, across any platform. The thing that's interesting, at one point, you know, their, their plan is, well, the other thing that's going to happen is when Windows 10 comes out, which I think is later this month, if I'm correct, I, th I think it's at the end of the month, possibly, um, you'll be able to upgrade from 7 through, you know, from 7 free for 12 months. There's a window of, you know, you can just do it. And it's not going to cost you anything, and this 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 is a pretty bold statement event because that I mean according to them you know and this is obviously a bit of uh, statistical marketing speak, you know within two or three years if it all goes well that means that your code that you write for a Windows 10 device could be could run on up to a billion devices that's what they're aiming for which is uh, kind of mind-boggling it really blows iOS out of the water I know Rich we've talked about in the past on the show about how you know Apple kind of got it right in many ways by targeting the creative and the music community initially to kind of get the ball rolling because you've got things you can go hey check this out you know listen to the way it sounds I mean this is this is pretty interesting I mean I know we're all Mac users maybe in a creative sense on on our music platforms but does this does this kind of fill you with any uh, enthusiasm uh, yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, I do run usually just for educational purposes and testing uh, Windows, various Windows systems and versions and I have uh, an installed version of Windows 7 and I have an installed uh, recently updated version of Windows 10 preview and I've been playing around in it I haven't done any music work in it I've just been getting the lay of the land and getting the hang of using it and uh, have a couple of versions of Linux I have you know, <laughs> a version of El Capitan I have two different beta versions running of Yosemite. I just, I'm a, I like to keep up. <laughs> and you've broken them all. I have to keep up. I have to keep up. What'd you say, Rod? What'd you say, You've broken them all. And you've broken them all. Well, I can, I can break them, yes. I'm pretty good at breaking stuff. It's true. It's true. Although, I haven't broken well, what, any of your stuff lately. But one does, I mean, the thing that interests me about this is uh, that, that, that it, it, it's just got this, you know, they're aiming this squarely at developers to sort of say, come on, it's worth it. Because that, you know, we could see a real uh, acceleration of Windows-based applications that would work across multiple platforms. And it's kind of, it, it could be quite exciting. And it, I posted this story yesterday. Pete Brown very kindly gave me the heads up, said it's up live. And I, made, I wrote a story about it. And it went massive. I mean, it was really, really popular. I mean, it's had a lot of comments. 
tons of uh, sharing on Facebook, what have you. I'm real, a real bunch of stuff. I know, Gaz, I mean, me and you have been uh, rather tardy in our iOS uh, Sonic Touch. We've been starting to get uh, criticism for it. Maybe we'll get around to one again. But this is the sort of thing that yeah. can really make a difference, right? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. And sort of uh, you have to take a good look at those Surface Pros now, I think, as well, with this in mind. And just uh, I'm just really intrigued about how music, oh, you know, it's, it's like, wow, I, this is, I think it's really big news, really exciting news. And, you know, I'm, I'm dead impressed that they've, that they've done this. Um, it, like, I've been frustrated in the past few days with some of the iOS limitations and to do with doing file, moving files around. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see, you know, how long do you think it will be before we start seeing the fruits of this then in terms of a timescale? Well, as far as I could gather, you know, that in the in the presentation, there's a part from uh, an insert from Propellerhead. So they're obviously doing mm. some good work with that. And they've also that there's some stuff with Bitwig and the the, the use of the multi-touch interface, which is what you get on the Surface Pro and some of the other uh, desktop mm. touch enabled devices. Um, so that, you know, I, I'm guessing there will, they're, they're, and they can't be the only ones. There must be others sort of moving in that direction. But they're probably best placed because they already develop heavily in the Windows uh, world anyway. So I don't, I, I don't well, know. I wonder if this is, I wonder if this is going to hurt Apple then in Apple's kind of, uh, the fact that they're still keeping their laptops and their touch devices as separate product lines, you know, whether Microsoft is kind of jumping into that territory there that, you know, that fusion of both yeah well they've got a lot of catching up to do uh, as you head in the chat room says as a, de as a developer i do really appreciate microsoft's dev tools and software that's something they're really great at and that's true that sort of dot net framework and the editors and the that kind mm. of thing really does make wow. a big difference so, so it's exciting it's going to shake things up i think i think, I think it, I, you know maybe apple have had it just too good for too long and this is i think this is a you know from a from our perspective our music perspective this is super news yeah, and the other thing is also they're introducing uh, code, audio codecs that are going to be compatible across between iOS and I think it's ALAC. Uh, I don't I don't know much about it, but things like that may seem small, but actually for two corp for a corporation to kind of adopt and and you know you utilize that, that's quite a big deal. I mean, I've heard some rumours around the place that that there's some. Apple involvement in the whole 10 notion, you know, the way that it's all going to be rolled out and the code base. But, I, you know, I don't know whether any, there's any truth in any of that. But I could see there's going to be... Oh, Rich, you look like... Well, I was going to speak to uh, the point Gaz just brought up about popularity of Mac, popularity of PC. And in a broader sense, the, the current state of the software world, as let's describe it in terms of Avid's perceived stagnation over the last year or two where their customer base has become a little bit confused by the things they're offering. There has not been a lot of feature set releases coming out. They're asking for more money with each new version that basically is doing the same as the preceding version was doing. And people are starting to sort of look outside the fence of the reservation they've been on for the last 10 or 15 years and go, okay, what else is out there? And to the extent that I perceive that happening and people getting more involved in other softwares, this is a very opportune moment for Microsoft to be doing this because yeah. I think that the field is somewhat more ripe for harvesting other 
from other areas now because well, we've, we've seen it with Studio One, haven't we? Yeah. Sort of dropping the ball across a period of about two or three years now, and their last release. I, I just think they're having a really hard time garnering any kind of attention right now because of what they're doing. So it's creating a void. Yeah, and uh, capitalism loves a void to fill, and that will you know and choice as we know i mean as we also know that uh persona studio one has really gained a massive amount of popularity because it's offering the sort of innovations that people who are maybe pro tools users are looking for and so they're considering that as an option as well so yeah i mean very much that's the case i think um what else have we got there uh, right there's this other video actually with taking on the kind of computing notion a little further um this is lovely actually or maybe you won't think so we'll see this is a video by a chap called martin Bax, and it's uh, the notion it's it's 90s ballads uh, singing machine and uh, it's really interesting thinking this is the uh, um, not the Dolly Parton version of this particular track <laughs> I got you Dave sorry I will play that <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fast forward I, want, I, I forgot that it stopped the video but let's bring it forward a little bit but the inflection and the the, the, the incorrection of this what's interesting they've not gone for vocalising of it they've gone for the emotional content of their harmonic and the, the the brokenness and it almost sounds like someone humming through a kazoo through a distortion pedal but it is actually computer generated which is actually the most remarkable thing see what make of the high note I'll tell you what it reminds me of a little bit is what happens when you put a voice through an MS-20 and you've got that pitch tracking kind of algorithm that is really broken and it, it's visceral. You know, it gives you that visceral quality. It's an interesting notion. I, I mean, I know it's perhaps not everybody's cup of tea, but um, this is by a chap called, like I say, Martin Bax. And he's created this. It's a, a, a piece of software called Super Collider, which is a free download. Uh, you can get it on GitHub. Uh, let me see. Uh, I think there's, you know, and, and you write it in code. And this is the sort of environment that you are working in. And you can create these sort of quite organic sounding voices and what have you. I don't know. Um, Gaz, you're a singer. I know, I know that because you lost your voice recently. As uh, well, I remember phoning you a couple of days and you sounded like you were whispering at a golf event. <laughs> yeah what do you well think? I'm, a, I'm not really a singer i i do sing in things um but I, uh but yeah <laughs> um wow this is brilliant though isn't it it's it is um it's a, it, it's really really interesting it's such an interesting thing to experience digital emotion i it's really interesting i i love this um can you play another piece for a snake, uh, is it possible? Uh, let me see. I don't know if there's any more on this. Let me see if I can. Uh, there might be some more further down the line. Oh, I think this is now just showing how it's all. No, I think this is I Will Always Love You, but this is showing how it's. Gosh. Stop. Oh, here we go. Desperado! Dave, it's your karaoke favourite. I think there could be a market for this for, as like a little thing for singing children to sleep, you know. You think Just like little children's nurse just sings sort of in this 
gobbledygooky way. I think kids you would, would love it. You subject children to this? <laughs> oh, I think they'd love it. Mind you, I thought that um, Red Scott's soothing God sounds for Baby was brilliant. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you haven't heard that, Raymond Scott did an album of children's or babe, lullabies for babies. Uh, that's a beautiful piece of work. But this would be good. This would this would work. I think kids would love it. I think, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I take it from your uh, your cynicism there, Rich, that this this perhaps uh, doesn't doesn't fill you with uh, the joy that uh, perhaps I think that the article Peter Curd said he almost cried. <laughs> it reminded me of getting root canal listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> and to subject children to this, I would lead you off. I would lead you away in handcuffs. <laughs> Sing to your children, folks. Don't. Don't buy any of this bullshit. <laughs> Sing to your children. But, but do, you, uh, do you think this has any merit? I mean, because it is actually, uh, in terms of expression, it's pretty advanced, right? Would you rather shoot me with, like, a rifle or a pistol? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, a pop gun, maybe, you know, if I was actually, okay. ha- if I had to, if you made Very me. Good. <laughs> Very good. Right, so I, I, I think I detect your... I know, Dave, I mean, that. that you know what I mean about the notion of a voice through the MS-20? It really had that sort of yeah. where it was struggling to make the pictures and stuff. I quite like that about it. When you, but, you know, it's the end result is astonishing, but only if you know what, how it's being made, I suppose, rather than just listening to it cold, right? So here's something really funny. Uh, when you sent this through, I thought, oh, I'll just check that out. Oh, I know this guy's name. In fact... I'm quite a fan of what he does, so much so that when I was garnering the sound library for Iris, I contacted him and asked him if he'd submit some stuff. So the bees and there's loads of electrostatic stuff and whatnot, it all comes from this guy. Actually, he's done some amazing stuff. And this is probably not one of them. No, uh, no, I quite like this. I did like this. It did make me chuckle. There's something... I don't know what the word is. I can't think of the word. It's it's a bit wistful, isn't it? Yeah. What's I think what's kind of interesting to me is how you would generate this because I mean if you've got to sit there and type because we've we've covered this before, haven't we? Where people are live coding musical stuff, but it's done in sort of mathematics and syntax, and it, it it doesn't seem like there's. I mean, you'd have to be pretty fluent in that whole thing to be able to kind of respond to real-time impetus to make that happen and so i don't know how you create this whether there's a beginning point where you're playing the melodies in the keyboard and then you design the rules between the notes i mean i just don't know how that happens and that's something that's interesting to me so i guess it's down to how you make it um there is a there are some code examples on this uh, supercollider.github.io and this you know this describes a babbling brook by James McCartney, who's one of the people who does a lot of work on supercollider. So, you know, it is very syntactic and very mathematical. So, I'm wondering if there, it's down to the interfacing between the two disciplines. So, what comes out of the box and how you input it in is going to be quite important, I suppose. And I don't know if if you're doing it via a keyboard, whether or not you have enough information. It's perhaps the sort of thing that you need a, a Rolly Seaboard or, you know, an MPE type enabled uh, device to be able to do that with. But I guess that's the thing, the compositional aspect of it. And I'm sure, Rich, that the, you know, the, the voicing of it, the sound it makes can probably be tailored. I mean, he, they've obviously gone for a sort of smudgy, distorted, broken kind of fundamental harmonic kind of vibe there rather than anything more complicated. And it's more about the control than anything else. I did a record in 1982 
two and three with a group called Spies, which contained ex-members of Foreigner, during which Al Greenwood, their keyboardist, wonderful guy, talented man, brought in a very, very early PC and some very, very early speech synthesis software, and we used it on the record to uh, deliver a very short verbal message that sounded considerably better than anything I heard from this thing. <laughs> How shall I put this? You were gonna, if you ask me again, I'll find another way to tell you okay. this crap. Okay. Well, I think that's I think that's covered it. I just wanted to uh, give you another bite of the cherry there. Thanks very much. Yeah, so, I appreciate but, each opportunity. But if you want to tinker, if you want to tinker with Super Collider, um, you can. It's all free, open source stuff, and it will run on uh, Mac, Linux, Windows. Uh, uh, on various different flavors. So, you know, you might have a machine, one of your many operating systems, Rich, that you could download and play with it because it's, it's capable of much more than this crap, as you put it. So <laughs> maybe there's something in there. I guess it's, uh, is it Seaside? What's the, what's the one that's uh, command line driven that lots of people use? I know that uh, Gabriel uh, uses a bunch of stuff to generate these kind of weird ambient textures and, and drones and stuff. Do you, anybody know what that's called, Dave? No, okay. Well, I'll leave that there. Maybe the chat room will be able to get us, but um, due to the streaming delay, they'll probably give me the information as we've moved on in topics. Um, um, so this is the last one I think we probably have time for today, and uh, this is uh, unusual news. Speaking of speech synthesis, this is via phone news on YouTube, and this is the news that there's a brand new Marshall smartphone. Marshall London is an Android lollipop phone custom fitted for music lovers. With a yeah, I'm sorry. The emotion in that voice is sadly lacking to me. But uh, <laughs> that this is the news that uh, Marshall have released. It's called the Marshall London. And uh, it's got two headphone outputs. It's got, uh, what else has it got? It's got dual speakers, twin stereo jacks, uh, some sort of M button, a sound some sort of sound, a global equaliser. And it seems to be, I mean, it's almost, it, it's, it, it seems like it's where it's a vanity uh, kind of project. The other thing it's got, and I can't, I don't think we've got an image of it here, but there's, because they did a fridge as well, didn't they? The Marshall fridge that looked like a, a, a and this is obviously you know, the notion of the, the, the branding notion, creating things that will speak across verticals, as they say in marketing speak. Um, I don't know, Dave, I know you're not very guitar-y. <laughs> just, just that, marketing speak virtual virtual integrated solutions um does it go to 11 i i should have bloody well hope so i think that would be a minimum a minimum requirement <laughs> i remember it had yeah, to be said. We got, yeah of course we um <laughs> don't don't look at it oh no that was a guitar wasn't it don't even look at it um yeah i don't know i won't be buying this maybe if there was a did Simmons. you see the price no oh, i haven't seen it I didn't see 400 that. quid 400 quid for a, wow. for a mo yeah but rich for a mobile phone if you buy them outright I mean if you bought an iPhone 6 it would probably cost you 600 bucks uh, or more if you bought, here in this country if you buy them with plans they don't sell them that expensive whereas you guys buy these unlocked phones for 700 bucks so you can go uh, it's a different market here and yeah. you can't sell uh, you know 400 quid is almost 700 dollars here anyway um, but you know, that better be some kind of serious MP3 player. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. What do you With think, guys? headphone jacks. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a, so you can share. You can share. But it's weird because, you know, really, a few years ago, if this had come out, it would have had a jack input on there so you could plug your guitar into it. A quarter-inch jack input. A quarter-inch <laughs> jack input, yeah. But, you know, 
And like, yeah, that would be quite cool if there was a quarter inch jack input on it. Then you would almost justify it being, you know, you could go, oh, yeah. Because there isn't, it is pure marketing sort of nonsense. Gubbage, isn't it? You know, and um, uh, has got a Tolex. It's it's got a Tolex back cover to show, though, doesn't it? That the phone is such a massive part of people's lives that 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 the the need for self-expression is, you know, it's huge. So it's all marketing nonsense, though, isn't it? I mean, there isn't really anything there. Not really. I mean, the two headphone jacks out that they're kind of talking about, there's a couple of things, but I'm talking specifically to do with the hardware. But for musicians, it's nothing really there, is it? It's just a, you know, but hey, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I mean, if you really want a Marshall experience on your phone, surely you could. They could just make a phone cover that looked a bit like that with a Tolex background and had. Ah, oh, they do that they too. <laughs> they, they sell an yeah. iOS and iPhone cover. Yeah, ah. I looked at their website today. Okay, well then maybe they'll sell more of those than they will the phones. I, I don't know how many, because <laughs> presumably you'd have to get these made by. Uh, who I, I I forget how you pronounce the name. One of the kind of major Chinese uh, manufacturers. But again, it runs on Android. So as we know, Android at the moment the audio latency is rather terrible. Certainly built in, unless they've built in some kind of IK multimedia type of iRig thing inbuilt. So it's like a separate piece of hardware that allows you to do that. I don't know. It seems quite unlikely though. But yeah. Uh, but this brought me onto a what more wider thing. Okay, so if we take this. To its logical conclusion, you know, we have a Marshall phone. What other what other products that could we see from our synthesis world that would uh, you know would be applicable if you were going into a marketing meeting pitching this to uh, the manu- manufacturers? What would you pitch? <laughs> Rich, well, how about a Tesla? How about a Tesla synthesizer? Let's go in the other direction. What if people who make really interesting things outside of this world made modular, you know, made Eurorack gear? Yeah, I think there could be. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> It's interesting a you Dyson, say a Dyson, Dyson Eurorack module. You know, that's not a bad a, idea. A hose output coming off the front of it. That's not a bad idea. It sucks. <laughs> you could say as the tagline, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, they make actually they make the best compressor in town because it sucks. There you go. <laughs> hey, ah, there we go. That is well. No, interestingly though, because um, Mercedes and BMW made uh, when yeah. mountain bikes were all the rage. They made. Uh, mountain bikes that were branded yeah. that such. So I suppose it's it's working. Okay, Dave, I, you've had enough time to think of some um, applicable gags. I want to hear them now. <laughs> the first one that popped into my mind is quite risky. It will be the Sequential Circuits comic book, but no pictures of any profit. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that's just got everyone in a whole heap of trouble. Yeah, I think you might. Now, I read this thing the other day that looking at your mobile phone is a sign of being stupid. Sorry. <laughs> Having no attention span. Yeah. It's like the time Mark said, I've been having trouble lately with short-term memory loss. That <laughs> 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 pregnant pause where he it's forgot time. what he was having trouble with. Excellent. That's awesome. I know, Gaz. What do you think? Can you uh, think of it? You could make a OP1 mobile phone, couldn't you? Yeah, I think cool. that's probably a, quite likely. A miniature, a miniature OP1. The size of a phone, or perhaps one, one of the uh, what? What are the little ones called? I can't even remember what they're called now. The little the thing. pocket operator. The pocket operators. Mm. That would make sense because practically yeah. is a phone size. I'm sure it wouldn't take much to stick a phone chip on it. Yeah. Although that gain structure would be with trouble. I'm not sure about the call quality. <laughs> it, 
I'm sure there'd be a way around it if they could, but it would that would be really cool, you know. And if the OP if they if they use the phone, they could tap the phone signal through the OP one. Yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah, and so do you things could do things to it. On the to, call, yeah, <laughs> that made it ele- intelligible. Um, I'm guessing some, you know, brands like Moog or Moog, however we uh, choose to say it, on the day are, are probably best placed for this kind of thing. You know, where where they could make something that would, you know, spill elsewhere because people wear Moog T-shirts, even though they're perhaps they're not interested in synthesizers because it has a certain it represents this sort of esoteric. Well, they had that, that uh, sofa, didn't they? Well, no, it wasn't them. It was somebody else. I think got into some trouble. But Lovely thing. Yeah, that was quite intriguing. It was my desktop. I mean, in a way, everything. Yeah, it's weird. I've got that sub thirty-seven. In fact, I've got it next to Minimo. And what's the what's the writing on that? Designed and handcrafted by Mode Music in Asheville, which is like saying it's sort of novelty Minimo, isn't it? Really. What about chocolates? I think confectionery. I think they could maybe do some waveform or uh, uh, classic knob types, uh, cap types. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just saw a product that did that, where they had made it with their own knob types, and so many people requested Moog style knob types. That they oh, that was made the AJH synth, yeah. Yeah, we just had one of those recently. Yeah, that's. Oh, well, you 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 experienced one, or were you talking about on the show? No, no, no. Uh, us here on the show. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know. Well, anyway, um, and that rather uh, um, gag-worthy dead end, I think I will uh, maybe take that opportunity to, uh, to, to, to wrap up because I think uh, it must be about time. And uh, I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. Thank you, everybody in the chat room. We have a fulsome chat room, I don't mind saying again, which I'm guessing means that the new streaming service is servicing more people than it could before. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed this, please do subscribe to the channel on YouTube. I'm on a drive now. I've got a note on my keyboard that says, remember to say that, or at least I will have next week. So please do. Uh, subscriptions are good uh, because we can tell you all about all the new stuff that's coming on. I want to also say thank you very much to our sponsors, Isotope. Uh, and again, if you want to enter the competition to win a copy of Isotope's Trash 2, so you can mangle up your audio, you need to enter the comp. Oops, that's the wrong one. That's the one I wanted to press. Uh, you want to tweet. You need to be on Twitter. You want to tweet the hashtag Transform Audio at one word and also the hashtag Trash 2, one word with the number two. Uh, and put at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. into the tweet as well and add some extra stuff if you feel so inclined because we always read it and it always gives us a chuckle, or often does. So uh, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure as ever. I'm going to start with you, Rich. Thank you very much, Rich. Uh, have a, I'm guessing you're off on the road again doing some more gigs, right? Uh, yes. Right now we're preparing for a big festival that Niall is putting on uh, in the beginning of August on the east end of Long Island with a rather stunning collection of artists. Uh, and so right now we're in preparation for that. Immediately following that, we go to Scandinavia, uh, Denmark, then out of Scandinavia, Belgium and Scotland, and then to Oslo, Helsinki and Gothenburg, Sweden. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, just in time for the mosquito season, I, I, I'm afraid, because <laughs> they they have a very short but intense summer. That's what I was told when I went to uh, that part of the world anyway, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I've, I've been to Sweden in the summer. It's not, uh, if you don't mind the sun still being up at 10.30 at night, it's not bad at all. I quite like it. 
Well, have a lovely trip, and we'll hope to Thank see you. you again very soon. Thank you very much, Rich. Had fun. Thank you. And Gaz, um, I guess your session is probably drumming his fingers and saying, um, <laughs> "Can we get back to work now? Enough of this frippery and frivolity." Well, we've been having a, we've been having a great session. I've been working with a brilliant jazz musician called Kevin Feiges from Bristol. Um, I've worked on a number of his albums in the past, uh, and it's really, really, it's a, it's kind of a little bit. A little bit like early seventies fusion in places, which is cool. But I mean, and then some of it's uh, more sort of free jazz, I guess. And it's uh, but check him out, Kevin Feige's. He's really good. And this new album, I think, will be out at some point later this year. But yeah, just give him a little plug. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you very much, Gaz, for joining us. Been a pleasure to have you. And um, to give pass on our good wishes to your session and say thank you very much for letting you go mm -hmm. for this amount of time. And, of course, Mr. Dave Spears, where the sun appears to be shining. Um, I can see it coming through yeah. the window, unless it's some sort of grow lamp you've got going on. Um, thank you for joining us. <laughs> it's just a front. Everything I do is a front for grow lamps. <laughs> right, thank you. That was good fun. So um, that's it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week. And uh, don't forget, if you want to keep up with what Ed's doing over at Studio Stecker, because he's there until, I think, Saturday night or Sunday. I'm not entirely sure. He'll be posting stuff on the live blog uh, where he's posting some really great little clips of extreme rarity and all sorts of modular nonsense. Go to the site. There's a, there should be a kind of headline banner saying Studio Stecker live blog. Click here. So click there and you'll be able to keep it on and it'll just sit there and refresh every three or four minutes, I think, to show you if there's any new content. Not that it increases our page views in any way, of course, but uh, thank you very much anyway. Um, so that's it for this week. I'm going to say goodbye and I'm going to fade to black and wave you all off. See you later. Thank you very much.